All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. You are here with me, Jermaine Jackson. Depending on what time you are watching or listening to this episode here on the New Beginnings podcast, we are preparing to go into another segment for our covenant conversations. Um, on today, I have a very special uh, guest, uh, Apostle Greg Jacobs. Uh, this man of God is going to bless us on this um session of covenant conversations remember here on the new beginnings podcast you can stream it on spotify um apple amazon google music anywhere you can stream you can find the new beginnings podcast with jay jackson remember that is the new beginnings podcast with jay jackson if you want to watch this video live you can go to my youtube which is also the new beginnings podcast with jay jackson and it will also be streaming on facebook now, I don't want to belay the time as we're preparing to get into this word with Apostle Jacobs. Uh, as always, on Covenant Conversations, we open up with a word of prayer and we want to acknowledge the spirit of God. Our gracious and heavenly father, Lord, I praise you. I magnify you. I give you all glory, honor and praise. Lord, I thank you for this time, this gathering, oh, Lord, that your name may be exalted, oh, God, that your word would be expounded on, oh, God. Lord, we thank you for this time of inspiration, impartation and information, oh, God, through your word. And Lord, as we come before you, God, we even asking for forgiveness on this day, Lord, that you would wash us in the precious blood, oh, God. Father, creating us a clean heart and renew within us the right spirit. Lord, we come humbly before the throne of grace, God. We come before you, oh, Lord, with a repentant heart. Search us through and through, oh, God. And if you find anything that is not like you, Lord, take it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. We thank you for being the appropriation for our sins. We thank you for your redemptive work on the cross, Lord. And we honor you and we praise you. We magnify you at this time. Now, Lord, as your word go forth, oh God, I pray that it will bless every listener, God, everyone that would view this video, oh God, that you would touch them, God, in their homes, on their careers, God, in their lives, that you would cover them. Uh, from the crown of the head to the sole of your feet, oh God. Father, I thank you right now that you are being glorified, that you are being exalted and magnified in all that we say and do. And we acknowledge you in this, oh God, in all of our ways, that you may direct our paths. And we trust you with all of our heart, and we will not lean into thine own understanding, oh God. And Father, I declare that your word will speak tonight, oh God, that someone's heart would be pricked, that someone would be healed and delivered, that someone would gain more understanding of your word, oh God, in the name of Jesus. All praise, honor, and glory belongs unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Truly give honor to God who is the head of my life. Thank God for yet being saved, sanctified, and filled with his precious Holy Ghost. As always, I want to give honor to my pastors, Dr. Xavier Menzies, Pastor Latanya Menzies of the Christian Family Worship Center located at 6532 Arizona Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. And amen. Before we, we bring our guest through, uh, Apostle Jacobs, if, if I could do my best to give this man a God a few accolades. If you go to Greg Jacobs Ministry at gmail.com, that is one of the places where you can email and reach the man of God. Apostle Jacobs is the leader of the Elisha Come Forth Prophetic Gathering. If you follow him on Facebook, you can see the different posts on where the gathering is at. And let me tell you, those Elisha come for us gathering will bless your heart. You talking about praise and worship. You talking about a word from God. You talking about the prophetic flow. My God, if you have not been to one of those gathers, I want you to pay attention when the apostle talks about where you can gather, follow him on social media. You do not want to miss. I have been blessed every time I have been a part of those gatherings. He is also the leader of the Elisha University of Ministry with accredited classes. If you want to further your education in the word of God, amen. Apostle Jacobs and those that are working with him 
are definitely some of the best teachers of the word of God, those that stand with him. Amen. On the Now Network, Kingdom Prophetic Empowerment, Sundays at 12 p.m. Amen. You want to get with Apostle Jacob and Prophetess Selena Randall. Amen. And see what they are doing for the kingdom of God. Saturdays at 6 p.m. on Y on WYCA Radio 102.3. Rejoice. You will be joined by the host, uh, Apostle Greg Jacobs, Prophetess Eloise Bradley, Pastor Cynthia Williams, and Prophetess Selena Randall. If you have never tuned into this show, let me tell you, you will be blessed if you tune in and listen to it. So when you're on, if you're ever in your car, if you got uh, the radio on your phone, tune in on a Saturday at 6 p.m. and the word of God will bless you. We also have Real People, Real Issues, Wednesdays at book also with uh apostle jacobs amen so i can't even begin to go in to the accolades that this man deserves i met him through my pastor dr xavier menzies who is not only a friend of his my pastor considers him to be a mentor amen he honors this man of god he is a covenant brother of the christian family worship center anytime he comes by the church he blesses us with a word our pastor will give him the floor and allow the spirit to use him in such a mighty way there's never a time that apostle jacob has not been in the presence of the christian family worship center and we were not blessed so at this time sir i hope that i've done you a little bit of justice in talking about all that you have going on and to present to some and introduce to others, I would like to give you Apostle Greg Jacobs. Well, let me thank you um, so much for allowing me to be um, here with you and your audience. Yes, you have definitely done me justice. There's one more thing that I really feel like God is moving mightily in our life. It's called CFOBI that stands for Covenant Fellowship of Believers International Churches and Ministry, where God have allowed me to be the presiding prelay apostle over these churches and over the last three years we have really took off and growing we are birthing sons and daughters and releasing them in the prophetic um releasing them as pastors in their ministries and so i looked the other day didn't even know that uh we are close now in three years we are close now on to the number 30 um uh, as far as releasing churches and and um, kingdom leaders and ministries out there's under our covering, and so honor to God, you know. But it's a humbling experience, and just to share with you, man of God, that you know uh, we should not be afraid to step out and do what God told us to do, because we're not by our might nor by our power. When we think it's us, we have already missed the mark. So to be operating um, at this level of um, overseer and the designing prelay apostle over these churches and ministry i said well holy spirit if you don't do it they just going to quickly fall or i'm gonna fall on my face once uh first but i thank god for that you know uh just like you're doing i commend you or what you're doing or what you're doing because you're walking in the obedience of god to step out and to bring um these type of broadcasters and uh, ministries to your platform so i appreciate even being here yes sir bless you thank you apostle thank you for that information amen is one of the things that i missed but thank you sir for mentioning that amen god bless you so we're going to get into the subject matter for tonight and i know apostle jacobs is going to bless us we're going to be in ephesians the fourth chapter i'm going to read a few verses and we're going to ask the apostle a few questions and i believe that the holy spirit is going to take over and lead us and guide us on tonight so ephesians 4 
And we're going to start at verse 8 where it reads, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And these are our focal scriptures, Ephesians 11, uh, chapter 4, 11 through 13. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Now, growing up 41 years in the church, amen, this has always been described as the fivefold ministry. But I do believe in the world that there has been a misconception of the purpose that Christ had in mind, that God had in mind for the fivefold ministry. We know we live in a world where people know of this fivefold ministry, but they chase the title. They chase the license. And sometime I believe the church has gone away from the true meaning of this, the sacrifice that comes with this ministry. When God has anointed you and called you and appointed you and elected you to one of these offices, many men and women of God have been found to flow in all of these offices. But I don't want to say too much because we have Apostle Jacobs here. And, and, and sir, as, as we get into these verses, my, my first question to you, sir, and I believe to the listeners is that what is the true intentions of the fivefold men? What, what is the true meaning of these gifts when someone is called apostle, when someone is called prophet or evangelist? Because we, we don't want to take these terms lightly. And you hear a lot of people, bless your apostle, bless your pastor, bless you. But do they really understand what you're being called with when God had a reason and an intention for these offices? So, sir, if however the spirit leads you, if you could just expound to us that what is the true meaning of the fivefold ministry? OK, well, I, and I appreciate this time and we're going to go back in a minute. So hold that scripture for me um, for the purpose of it. But I like to say that even though many people chase the title, um, there's no power in the title because this is not a title. It's not a position in the church. It is an office and it's a function. See, if it's a position in the church, then someone can ordain you into that. But let me back up because even, even the people or the body of Christ, I just did an ordination service releasing um a, a pastor and his wife into the pastoral. And my first statement uh, was when I got up, I said, I know by state purposes, we call this as an ordination, but I am not qualified to ordain anybody, nor is anybody else, your apostle, your bishop, or whoever you want to call them. Um, you, we, are, we do not have the authority to bring ordination to anyone. Because when we look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and 5, the Lord showed us who is in charge of the ordination services. When on, he sir. said to Jeremiah, before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you came out, I sanctified you and I ordained you, ordination, to be a prophet unto the nation. So we don't order, ordain anybody. The ordination comes from God. Uh, he says, so before you was in your mother's womb, before your mother even knew she was pregnant, there was an ordination took place of your spirit, 
when you was in the spirit realm. And then I sent you through the natural channel into the earth realm and put on your earth suit that you might operate in the earth as one of my ambassadors to take out or to carry out my assignment. And so he says to Jeremiah, I ordained you, I set you apart, um, which means I sanctified you, which means I set you apart. And here is your ordination. You are prophet into the nation. Now notice Jeremiah respond. He said, oh, no, not me, God. No, me, because I'm just a child. I can't speak. Mm -hmm. Listen to the rebuke that follows after he tried to make an excuse. Say not that I'm a child. You shall go before them and I will be with you. You see, the ordination took place already before you and I was even born. You was, you was already ordained for, for this. Now, what we do, man, we recognize through confirmations, affirmation, and validation, the ordination that took place in the spirit realm. Come on. So, therefore, the fivefold as we see it, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher are not positions. They are functions and office or officers in that works in a office. Therefore, the power that's allocated to each one of them depends on the CEO of the body of Christ, which is Jesus. He determines who's going to be an apostle. An apostle cannot be uh, elected by a board. The board don't have power to do that, nor a prophet. These are uh, gifts that God released or his grace gifts. He placed on people and put them in the office. Now, before I can even begin to let me build this a little bit more, there are so many people who automatically feel when the badge of one of these fivefold ministries um, cause them to feel more secure or above their brothers and sisters. But I, I submit to you that you cannot be ordained to be this. You have to be birthed to do this. Ooh, come on, sir. Ordination took place before your birthing. You are birthed into this. What is happening, even in the body of Christ, because some people want to be an apostle, a prophet, or whatever, when they begin to operate at certain levels of uh, the gifts of the spirit, they automatically assume that they walk in the office. But just because it's mm. the prophet, just because you have the gift of prophecy don't necessarily qualify you for the office of the prophet. They two different things. Three levels Jesus. of the prophetic when it comes to the gift. That's the spirit of prophecy that a newborn Christian can get into worship and the spirit of the Lord is high in the church, he can use his mouth and speak something prophetic. But that's only the spirit of prophecy. But the gift of prophecy, which gives you more authorization, is a gift. But the office of a prophet um, deals with a whole lot of other responsibilities. Let me use this for an example. Uh, and this is true. So I'm, I'm driving down the street. I know I'm about to tell off myself and I was wrong for doing this, but I'm going down the street and I'm in a hurry to go somewhere. I'm slowing down because they saying speed limit is 20 miles an hour. You are approaching um, a, a, the, the zone where the children are. So the, uh, what you call them, where the, the guards out there the, uh, waved her hand at me to slow down. You know, mm -hmm. the, she's the guard that walks the children across the street. I'm trying to get the right name that they call them. Um, but oh, she's, crossing guard. 
crossing God. Thank you, sir. Teach the crossing God. Now I slowed down, but not like I should have. But she waved me to slow down. She's the crossing guard. I know she has authority, but I know she has little authority. I should not have overrode that, but I kept going. Um, a couple of days later, they had a another officer out there, but he was a police officer. Oh, I'm about to come into compliance now. He <laughs> waved at me to slow down, and I submitted myself under the authority of the officer. Why? He is given a stronger allocated power. Come on. What am I saying by that? Let me use another scenario. So you can have a police officer. He have a certain authority. We should respect that. But then we can look at a sheriff. He has another level of authority. We can look at a state troop. He has another level of authority. We look at an FBI he, uh, uh, agent. He has another whole level of authority. Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm using that example that each one carries another level of authority and power. The apostle carries a different level of authority. He's not a police officer. He's like home, homeland security, that type of power that can go anywhere in the United States. A local police of Chicago cannot cross over to New York and operate his power. But mm -hmm. if I'm part of Homeland Security, I can operate anywhere in the United States. If I'm a FBI, FBI agent, he has jurisdiction in certain areas that's stronger than the rest of them. The people of God is misinterpreting gifts for offices. Jesus. And because you operate in our office, do not make you in the, uh, part of the, just because you operate in the gift, don't make you part of the office. Now, let me get to what you were saying, because here's the purpose of, of the fivefold before I'm able to break them down. I look at them, wait, let me back up. I look at them as not elite people in the church, like some try to maybe put them on pedestal. Ain't nobody mm -hmm. on a pedestal but the Holy Spirit in the church. Come on. Come on, sir. Uh, even if you're an apostle, you're still, part, you're still a brother in the Lord that's part of the body of Christ. Okay, um, you're not the fourth member of the God. He I look at the five fold as coaches. We are mm. let's look at a football team. You look at the different coaches on a football team. The coaches don't go to the field to play, they prepare the players for it. Come on. The five fold are coaches to prepare the saints for work of ministry. Yet we put the responsibility on the fivefold to do the work, but the fivefold is nothing but coaches and trainers and coordinators to prepare the body of Christ to do it. I want you to go back for me. Um, there was um, back to that verse. I think it was eleven that talks about for the work of ministry until we all come into the perfection uh, or into the unity of the body of Christ. Can you read verse eleven and twelve and thirteen, if you don't mind? Because we're going to let the word speak for itself, and then I'm going to expound a little bit more on that. Verse 11. Yes, sir. Ephesians chapter 4. Yes, sir. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, mm. for the work of the ministry, for yes. the edifying of the body of Christ. Yes. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and yes. of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the purpose. 
people try to override that. Uh, go back one more time to for the perfecting of the saints. Was that number one? Perfecting of the saints? Yes, sir. Perfecting means the maturity or maturing the saints. Well, why are you being mature? For the work of ministry. Not to be a good um, pew member. Pew members, mm-hmm. uh, there's no position in the church that deals with the pew. There's no office in the church that deals with for the work, for the perfecting of the saints. For what purpose? The work of the ministry. Why do we want the pastor to do the work while we sit there and talk about feed me, pastor? I need more of this week. No, get up, go witness to some people, bring them into the house of God, and don't wait till you invite them on a Wednesday to come in Sunday. You lead them to Christ right there. You pray for them right there. You break off demonic spirits right there. And then go pick them up Sunday and bring them to the house of God. So now Ooh, come on. turn them over to the leadership of the house of God. So now they can get in rotation for the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of ministry. So now they are in training to go do what you did. But we wait on the pastor to do it. The pastor cannot be the coach and the player on the NFL at the same time. We can That's only right. So now give it to me again. For the perfecting of the saints, number one. Mm-hmm. What's the second one? For the work of the ministry. Oh, wait. You mean the saints of God supposed to be doing the work of ministry? I thought that's assigned to the apostle, the prophet. Come on, sir. The pastor, the evangelist. No, for work of ministry. What's the third one? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Wait, so all of us are supposed to be edifying the body of Christ. So we should not have division among us, discord, arguing and fighting and fighting for for positions and who's going to sit on the left side of the pastor, who's going to sit on the right side, who is his armor bearer, who's the elder in the church. He said, no, we that's supposed to be a unity that number three talked about the unity or, or the edifying. We're supposed to edify each other. Wait a minute, is the body of Christ edifying or we shoot not wounded? See, all this has to do with the fivefold ministry getting us. I heard a statement by a person who was a uh, he was not a Christian, and when he started talking about all the different religions, he said Christianity is the only religion that shoots its wounded. Come on. What an indictment on the church. So number three for the edifying. What was number four again? Till we all come into the unity of the faith. Wait, until we all come? Everybody, there's a maturity level that all of us are supposed to come? I need, to, I need you to put a, uh, a comma right there. This is the reason why the office of the apostle and the office of the prophet is not closed. We have people who, who believe of the fivefold that the teacher still exists, the pastor still exists, the evangelist still exists, but we have no more apostles, we have no more prophets because we in New Testament. Okay, well, I have a question. If, if God set up five office and our day now is worse than it ever been, why would he close the two essential offices and leave the other three in operation? It Come just on. Makes sense. So you're going to remove the CEO. He's the CEO. You're going to move uh, the COO and the person under him out of position and, and just leave middle management to operate the company. It don't make sense. It says, how do we know we still need the prophet and the apostle? The Bible just gave us the answer. You just read it. Until we all come into the unity of the faith. 
the body of Christ have not matured yet to come into the body into the fullness of the body of Christ. Therefore, every office is still open. And then you have those, my brother elder, who says, well, when it comes to the apostleship, once we Jesus finished with the 12, it closed. The office of the apostles closed. Well, that can't, that's erroneous mm -hmm. teaching because the Lord led the um, 11 to, to draw straws for the one that's supposed to be um, to come into the office. And then mm -hmm. they just thought that was a lottery. No, if you have to go back and study David, David prophesied that one would die and another would take the bishopric. But he used the straw system to do it. And they said, well, it was a Ooh. random drawing. It could not be a random drawing if the Holy Ghost controlled the whole thing. Come on. Come on. So <laughs> you have yes, originals. But Malthus, I believe, which was the 13th one. Paul was not the 13th mm. apostle. The one that was elected was. So if the 12, after the 12, the office was shut down, then every apostle of the 11 made a mistake because the 13th one took the place of the 12th one, which was Judas. So we got 13. But now if we stop at 13, the man who wrote over 60% of the New Testament is disqualified to be an apostle because the Ooh, office of the apostle is closed down. So here come Apostle Paul with new revelations and insight and wrote over 60%, some even say two-thirds of, uh, which is 66% of the New Testament. Well, he can't be an apostle of Jesus Christ because according to some believers, an apostle had to be an eyewitness of Jesus. Mm. But and apostle Paul was not a physical eyewitness of Jesus, but Paul did see him in the spirit. Yes, he did. Now Paul raises up and he birthed many other spiritual sons and daughters who walked in the apostleship. The office was never closed. The 12 minus one and then another had to take his place. What principle was that? Every time an apostle physically vacate the other, uh, their office, another has to come. And yes. that's why God continued to leave this office open. So we are there for the perfecting of the saints, to train the saints, to come into the unity of the faith, to come, um, to become a full man. I want you to go back because right after you said that last one, until we all walk into the unity of the faith, mm -hmm. what's the next one right after that? It says, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Wait a minute. Is the whole body operating in the knowledge of the Son of God? No, we're not. We still got too many babes. We still got too many false doctrines and denominational errors. So the apostles and the fivefold ministry is needed more in our day than ever be before. Let's go to the next one you gave us. Unto a perfect man. Ooh, come on. Unto a perfect man. We're not walking as one until as a perfect man. We can't be. We have denominational uh, people who fight each other. If you ain't baptized this way, you're going to hell. If you don't shout like this way, you're going to hell. If your, songs, your tongues ain't speaking like this way, you're going to hell. If your dress ain't at a certain level, sister, you're going to hell. 
we we have not walked into the perfect man yet with knowledge, revelation, illumination, understanding, mysteries. We have not got there yet. So it's so essential when, when I'm going to give a little bit more of the definition of each one of the responsibility that we all walk to a level where we walk into maturity. Let me break it down to a, a church. Even in the local church, if we nagging and complaining and fighting against each other, you have an immature church. Come on. Mm, Say that, come sir. On. Come on, Elder. Give me another one, please. <laughs> and the last one, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ooh, that is heavy to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians, I believe it's chapter one, somewhere starting in verse 14, that, that the eyes of our understanding um, becoming like that we might know um, the fullness, that we might know and understand the fullness of him. I'm not quoting it exactly, but it said, for the eyes of our understanding be open. Open. The eyes of our understanding of the fullness of him has not been opened as a corporate by the Christ. So yes. it lists seven or eight reasons why the fivefold ministry still is in operation. The problem we have, um, sir, is that we are crossing boundaries of the responsibilities. Mm. So we have here, we have to understand the role of the apostle, the role of the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. We having a conflict because just like a regular job, if you don't know your job description, you'll be in everybody else's lane. Mm -hmm. We have to know our job description and our responsibility. Now, I'm going to throw something out, really. This. Some people might get mad at your show, but let them blame it on me. <laughs> the apostles, when we think of the apostles, who is part, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Yes, now, I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement. I hope nobody in your show throw rocks at you because I'm going to go. I know a lot of people who said they are, they, they identify themselves as the chief apostle of their organization. But technically, we only have one chief apostle. And his name is Jesus Christ. Come on. Right. All right. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the chief shepherd. Everything about him is chief, which means the one and only. We are subparts and we are extensions of him. But we end up, that's why when they wanted, when I was uh, began to walk into this office, not only of the apostleship, but began to birth out of the fivefold ministry. And one person said, oh, Apostle Jacobs, you the chief apostle. I said, please don't slap me like that. Please <laughs> don't get me in trouble with the Holy Spirit like that. I am not. He is. I'm not. I, I am subject to him. He is the chief apostle. He is the chief shepherd. Even as a pastor, the pastor is not the chief shepherd in the church. He's the under shepherd. Come we on. are all subject to him. But let's get back to the apostles. I'm, 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 I'm so blessed for this conversation here. I'm just running fast, like 100 miles an hour. Like I'm driving. You're right, sir. You're all right. Let, let, let me slow down to uh, a hoopty because I'm going too fast in my Corvette and my Lamborghini right now. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, <laughs> let, let, let me slow down some. The apostles are one that God uses to their primary calling, their primary calling 
modern-day apostles. I'm going to use that word, modern-day apostles, because some say, why are they needed? Modern-day apostles, if they true apostles of God, will always work, number one responsibility, to bring us back to true, authentic doctrine of Jesus Christ. That's Come the job on. of an apostle, to bring the church back. The, the enemy comes in with false doctrine, deceiving spirits in the church. The apostle's job is to make sure that the church stays on its the original doctrine of Jesus Christ. I know we say the apostles' doctrine, but who did the apostles get it from? Come on. From the Lord Jesus. So <laughs> yes, sir. It's the doctrine of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. I'll keep moving because people now want to keep, I should have put my phone on, do not disturb. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so the doctrine of Jesus Christ that he released to the apostles, and I understand why people call it the apostolic doctrine, but let me say this. The apostolic doctrine is not a denomination. Come on. Oh, Lord Jesus. Some of my friends want to turn me, turn me off later on. It is not a denomination. <laughs> It is the foundation that Jesus taught them to carry out his mission. So the apostles' role of today is not to rewrite the Bible, not to change nothing of its writing, not to change, or let's put it this way, bring a new interpretation of it, but to rightly divide the word of truth through maybe even some through our hermeneutic procedure, what the hermeneutic process means, it means to seek for their both this scripture. I can't believe I got six people already trying to interfere with my, my conversation already. I should have put, put it on Facebook. Do not disturb me from six to, from six to seven. <laughs> Uh, so the apostle is not called to rewrite the Bible, to interpretate the Bible. Now, there are different versions of the Bible that I compare them all together, that they have even take some of the language out of or skip of some of the writings in their verses. I won't call their names out. The apostle is a monitor. Uh, his job is to check the church to make sure we stay firm on the foundation of the teaching of Jesus Christ and not to veer from that teaching. That's his number one responsibility. Is he needed? Well, let's look at the body of Christ now and the condition of the body of Christ. The apostle is needed more now than ever before to look at and distinguish and separate doctrines of devils that come through manipulating, deceiving, and seducing spirits to yes. penetrate the church, to break the power of the church so the world thinks we are a religion instead of just another religion who is just a, uh, we just got good religion to get our feel good on, but we have no power. We have Jesus. no demonstration. We're not moving in miracles, signs, or wonders. Demons is not coming out. How do demons come into church with people? And after service, a person said, how you enjoy service? And they said, service was good. And they got that devil in them. Why wouldn't the devil act uh, agitated in service? The church has become so lukewarm. The devil can come to church and enjoy service these days. 
Let's calm yes, down. Sir. Let's calm down. Let's calm down a bit. So the apostles, which operate in a governing position to monitor, and let me tell you something. There are some um, that are called bishops for the sake of their organization term or decide just to use that, which means overseer. But you got to look at their fruit. They are absolutely operating in the office of the apostle. They just choose not to use mm -hmm. it. I can use one very familiar to you and your um, uh, and your pastor, which is your guys overseer, uh, Bishop Michael Blue. Okay. I, I've watched them. Matter of fact, we came up um, probably in our teenage years together. And this man and, and the work that he's doing in the body of Christ is the work of an apostle. All right. He chooses to use bishop and that's okay. He have become all things to all men that he might win some. Praise God for that. All right. But you cannot deny his apostolic fruit. So mm -hmm. what do Bishop Blue, Michael Blue does? He's making sure that those who God have put under his care stay uh, focused on the doctrine of Jesus Christ that was carried out by the apostles who we say this is the apostles teaching. But who did they get that teaching from? They didn't create it. It came through Come the Holy Spirit. It came from Jesus Christ training them. The apostles is a governing office to, number one, to ensure that the doctrine of Jesus Christ stay intact, the foundation of the doctrine. We have so many churches have veered away because they have left that principle. The apostles also is, is work hand in hand with the prophets, but apostles, watch this, birth out. Now, people say, oh, yeah, they go establish churches. Well, bishops can establish churches. The apostle structure order. Now I can use apostolic order of who's who. He has mm -hmm. that governing anointing to structure. So when we look at the apostles, notice what they did. They went from city to city or place to place, and people look at it. Well, they were just birthing out churches. It was not another church. It was setting apostolic order. Remember, apostolic order come from Jesus Christ. They were setting apostolic order, and they were leasing pastors to stay in those regions with elders and everybody else that, that they need to accommodate them. And then they will go set up another or go where God, the Holy Spirit, lead them to strengthen the believers or set up and establish believers. That's apostolic authority. Whereas you are a governor overseeing the the locations, and that's why I was so happy to insert about CFOBI because I was so grateful to God because I'm like God, um, thank you for entrusting me with another level of the apostolic to be able to go in. Now the the apostles also are there to strengthen the leaders, not to assassinate them, not to take their churches over, mm -hmm. not to merchandise them. Not to make them their money cow, but to strengthen that leader. So because who do the pastors go through, go to when they get tired? Yes, we understand bishops, but many bishops are apostles. The work speaks for itself. When you see an orange tree, I don't care if you don't like the orange tree, you still got to acknowledge it as an orange. And so the apostles carry mm -hmm. a, certain, a certain level of grace that give them the ability to structure, to build, but yet to tear down, dismantle, 
strongholds, walk on serpents and scorpions and witches and warlocks because they carry uh, apostolic power. Remember this in the book of Acts, I think it was chapter four, where the, the apostles were ministering, they got in trouble for a man being healed. They got threatened. They was calling in, don't preach no more in the name of Jesus. When they went back to pray, notice they did not pray for their enemies. They did not pray for and say to God, strike all of them dead. They said, grant unto us that you would give us more boldness. Come on. Yes, Lord. To, Thank to you, Lord. preach, to minister, to minister through your holding uh, child Jesus through miracle signs and wonders. They never ask for the life of their enemies. They never ask to call fire down. They say, give us more boldness to go back out there and do my assignment. That's what apostolic grace is about. Lord, I'm being, and notice they got threatening for doing something good. Mm -hmm. But the, the apostles are the first hit of the fivefold who takes more suffering or persecution than any of the others. Yes. Why? Because they are, we can, let's say, let's put the, um, they are, they are, they are um, on the front row or, uh, our emergency workers, when we went through COVID-19, the only ones that were still out there was, was our people who was on the front line, the AMLAMs, the fire departments, the police officers, the nurses, the doctors. They was called first responders. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. They were called first responders. An apostle is a first responder. In one Jesus. Thing, when the enemy thinks he's coming in like a flood or to tear down certain regions and territory, he have an apostolic authority and mandate that he can cross regions because those are churches and people that God have placed them over to tear down and dismantle the work of the enemy. It is called apostolic ship. Now, the prophet, which <laughs> let me go back to the apostle. So he, he has the ability to birth out. He has the ability to develop. He has the ability to raise up. He has the ability to send forth sons and daughters into the kingdom of God going out to the world. He has the ability for mentorship, but he also has the ability to judge. Mm. Any people don't like that judging because they just think he he's a sent one. He is, he the, the word uh, Apollos come from the word apostolos, which means sent one. But I got to submit somebody else in that we kind of overlook before I go to the prophet. And I see my time is running by so fast when I get so excited about this. The apostolos, the apostle is the sent one, apostolos. But wait a minute. There's a group of people that's not associated with the fivefold ministry, but they apostolic. When you st study the word apostolos and you understand that meaning, but you go study the word missionary, both apostle and missionary has the same definition that means in the in the Greek apostolos, which means sent out. Mm -hmm. Don't discount your missionaries. You might say they're not part of the fivefold ministry, but they've been they've been affirmed by the Lord Jesus to be one sent out, just like the apostles with a level of authority of a mission. So when they as a missionary, so when they go out, they're moving in a vein of the apostolic to cast out devils, to tear down this matter and bring people out of darkness into this marvelous light. So the missionary 
is a sent one, not just a group of women. Lord, help me with this statement. Not just with a group of women who wear white on the first Sunday and white stockings and sit on the side of, of, of the church and say, we are having missionary service, but the church have not sent them out to do no mission. Whew, come on. Jesus, help us, sir. I want to call back to your program, so I, 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 I got to make sure I act nice and don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> Missionaries in the church are once sent out, so when they come back monthly, they come back with the testimonies of who've been saved, who've been delivered, who've been set free, what power of been broken because they are sent ones. We just think the evangelist goes out, but the missionaries are sent out also. Because they've yes. been called apostolos, sent ones. Now that gets to the prophet. I'm, I'm I'm still on the apostle, and I need to move from here. So the <laughs> so the <laughs> prophet. Uh, I might not be able to get to the fivefold, but I'm gonna try because I know my time is running out. Serve with you. The prophet is called to work along side by side with the apostle, just like Batman and Robin. All right. He's not. Um, some people say, well, you can't. He, I used to say he's, he cannot be a long ranger, but I forgot long ranger had Tonto. So mm -hmm. they are side by side. They are team. They are a team. This is why you've seen Apostle Paul were raised up. He always had prophets with him. He raised up prophets. He trained prophets. Let's look at a prophet that he went. Paul and Silas, book of Acts, chapter 16. Um, they got in some trouble for casting out a divination spirit of a young girl who had the power to prophesy but from an illegal source or resource. Come on. Catch the spirit out. People said they came in, they said started trouble because they cut their money flow off. At midnight, Paul and Silas, an apostle and a prophet. How you want to put a prophet, apostle and a prophet in jail and think you want to keep them in there? Ooh, come on. Oh my God, I just got excited over that. You would yes, never sir. be able to contain an apostle and a prophet and confine them because they got a they got a power and when the two begin to work together it's a dynamite that's released among them too so when the apostle and the prophet which Paul and Silas the Bible says at midnight they prayed and sang praises when an apostle and a prophet begin to sing praises to God, it will always cause a sudden earthquake to take place. And suddenly, Ooh. there was an earthquake. And their power and their authority in the spirit realm is so strong that when they break the power of the enemy, everybody is set free. Come on. And midnight, Paul and Simon sang praises unto the Lord, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was an earthquake. Hmm. And everyone bands was broken. Every door was open. That's the power of the unity of an apostle and prophet when they tag team. Let me take a deep breath and calm myself down. Jesus. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. So the so the apostle and the prophet is not they hand in hand like a COO and a CFO. Jesus is the CEO. But they can work as a CFO and a COO. CFO chief uh was was a CFO chief financial officer and CFO mm -hmm. chief operating officer they going to work together to make sure that the CEO executive orders get carried out so the prophet is a mouthpiece of god he's the he's the voice he's the oracle of god 
But let me back up about him. This is how you identify a prophet. Not because he can prophesy. There's some other features he have. One, the most important part of his office, he must be an intercessor. Ooh, come on. Why? Jesus. He spend more time as an intercessor than he do prophesying. Because he has to learn to be able to go to the throne room to get the message of God. If a prophet don't have a prayer life, he is not a prophet of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't Help care us, if sir. he can prophesy because he could be prophesying from a foreign um, spirit. Now, notice, I got to take you to the, back to the book of Acts, chapter 16. When the dancer, the young girl, met Paul and Silas, she prophesied 100% accurately, but from a demonic or illegal source. What was her words? These men are the men of the most high God that comes to show us the way. Her prophetic word was 100% accurate, but the source it came from was wrong. That's why the scripture said in many days, uh, Paul become grieved in his spirit and he did not attack the girl. He attacked the spirit of divination. So when there we're flowing in our anointing as an intercessor who understand I, I also must have the gift of discerning of the spirit. When that gift is not working in the church, witches and warlocks walks in the church and start prophesying and the church can't distinguish the difference of a prophet and apostle because they cannot distinguish the source of the information. And that's why warlock and a witch and a, a, can prophesy accurately in the church and the church is falling out and throwing money at their feet, but they come from an illegal source. And so the day will come where they say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. And what Jesus is going to say, I know you not, you workers of iniquity. Come on. The church got to come to a place. So now, now what are the assignments of their prophets? prophet and the apostle is to train God's people in the gift of discerning of the spirit. That gift must be an operation in the church. The prophet is an intercessor. He stays in the face of God. He has the ability, like God told Jeremiah when he called him, look at chapter one, he called um, Jeremiah. He said, going out to the nations, you're going to speak what I tell you to speak. Don't look at their faces. Um, now, why would God tell him don't look at their faces let me slow down because some of them is not going to agree with him but he mm -hmm. got to speak what god said he's not work he's not worrying about popularity he's worrying about obedience his obedience to god he said don't look in his face but i'm going to send you out to nations to uproot to tear down to pluck down to pluck up but to build the prophet's job is so hand on hand with the apostle so uproot, what they uprooting? Doctrine of devils. Uproot, uproot demonic systems and governmental demonic forces that we call principalities that mm -hmm. govern whole cities and nations. He's uprooting um, powers of darkness in, in high places. And so he can uproot, but he also, after uprooting, he works with the apostle to establish. Because you can't establish a church until you uproot the system that controls the area. Okay. Come on. Jesus. So he is the mouthpiece of God. Now, as the mouthpiece, he has to operate with the revelation gifts. And the speaking gifts have to be his primary purpose. Revelation gifts, uh, the, the gifts that reveals, the gifts that speaks. So he's not only a, a prophesier, 
but he is one that have uh, a word of knowledge. Well, it's a word of knowledge where you can go into uh, what a person is dealing with in their present and past. You, The Holy Spirit takes you because he knows all things and he revealed their present and their past. And it's called a word of knowledge. But he also gives them the gift of a word of uh, wisdom to be able to speak what needs to be decision or something coming force. He has a speaking, he's a speaking force. Um, he also, with L, and here's two gifts that we keep skipping, or we keep skipping these, but they are speaking gifts. The gift of interpretation of tongues. Mm, we speak, we skip that, but God is bringing and storing all the gifts back to the body of Christ, even the gift yes. of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues, because you got to speak. But then there's revelation gifts, the gifts of prophecy, anything that reveals, anything. So we got things that reveal. We got um, three gifts that reveal. We got three gifts that speak. All these gifts is working. But do not discount the prophet from also not being able to operate in the power gifts, which is the gift of faith, the gift of working on miracles, uh, and the gift of healing. He's working all these gifts. He's, he's working not just prophesying, but a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. He's working with the gift of discerning of the spirit also. He's operating in the gift of faith. He's working um, with the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. And the gift of tongues is not our normal devotional term. They are the tongues of fire that bring a, that is prepared for a sermonic Mess. I didn't say demonic. I said sermonic. Come on, sir. So when a man gets up to speak over the pulpit and he begins to prophesy, he begins to speak heavily or strongly with the uh, with a gift of tongues. There must be someone there with the gift of interpretation of tongues to distinguish what was prophesied in a language that we don't know. So how do we distinguish a person, a person who's just speaking in regular tongues? That's your devotion. That's your building of your own faith. But when a man gets up, or a woman, I'm not discounting the women's of God, and they begin to speak, there's a different type. You can feel a different type of anointing because it's there to release a message. So we call mm -hmm. it a harmonic message, not demonic. You got a lot, a lot of people speaking demonic, but I'm talking about the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues that bring a message directly download from heaven to speak to the church that shake the foundation of the church. The prophet operates with a seer's anointing. And then there's all types. I don't have time to talk about all the different types of prophets because mm -hmm. every prophet don't operate in the same vein, but he have, he have all types of assignments in the operation of the office of the prophet, but those two work hand in hand. Now, let's quickly get to the evangelist. Tell me when my time is over, sir. The evangelist is a unique one, and we read about the evangelist, but a good example of the authority and the power of the evangelist is uh, in the book of Acts when we studied the life of Philip. And mm -hmm. we saw Philip went down to Samaria, look at the gifts of the spirit he is operating in. When he got to Samaria, there was a breakthrough that took place in Samaria that the people began to be broken out of demonic strongholds. The people began to get healed. Miracles, signs, and wonders began to work through the evangelists. The evangelists go to a city or to a place to bring the life of God. 
Um, to, and sometimes they have to revive God's people too. But their first assignment, like Peter, um, I'm sorry, like Philip, who went down to Samaria and he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through mm -hmm. the gospel comes healing. It comes deliverance. How do we know deliverance? People begin to holler and scream. See, everybody that's hollering and screaming in church is not saying it's not because they feel in the spirit of God. Sometimes demons is manifesting and coming Ooh, out. Come on. There it is. Yes, sir. I, I, if there ain't no hollering and screaming in church, then I, I got to wonder what's going on because somebody need to be manifesting and some demons need to be coming out because the fire of God, the anointing of God should be so powerful in the church that they holler. I seen a man, I'm preaching, he got mad and walked out of the church and I bought the call him and the Holy Spirit said, no, that's just the devil got mad at him and, and just left out. He couldn't handle it. Son, be glad I'm here. And I just kept preaching. I just kept preaching. What was going yes, on? Sir. When the presence of God comes, Demons should not be comfortable in the church. Let's get back to come that. on. Woo. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> my God, my God. Let's let's get back to the evangelist. Let's get back to the evangelist. So the evangelist operates heavy and they they operate in the prophetic, but not at the level of a prophet. They operate apostolically, but not at the level of an apostle. But they operate to save souls to bring people to Christ. Philip brought healing, deliverance. Demons were being cast out. People were being healed. The Bible said, and the city, and the city began to cry out with great joy. What, what happened? Demonic oppression was broken. I love what Peter did. And he was moving so much that the Bible talked about the sorcerer by the name of Simon that operated in the, in the city. Now, some mm -hmm. people don't like Simon, but I like Simon. And I tell you why I like him. I know the apostles rebuked him later. Because the the sorcerer had everybody be rich, rich, poor, from the head to the top, that he was the great one. But when he saw the anointing on the evangelist, he was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, yes, I sir. don't have this. So look what happened. He said he don't have this. Just look at my phone and it says, I'm on red. Okay, we're going to go to this thing. Close out me. I was fully charged. I've been having all kinds of trouble in the office. Jesus. It's okay. So now Simon says, I want some of this. The Bible said, and Simon believed the message. We are not operating in the fullness of where we're supposed to or the capacity into the witches and warlocks that I want to get saved. Come on. <laughs> Come on, sir. If we're not operating at a power higher than them, then what are we really, who are we really representing? Our anointing, our grace, our authority in Jesus' name should be casting out devils. People should be healed and set free until the sorcerers and, uh, and the ones who work witchcraft says, I believe in the power of God. So Simon began to follow the anointing. Now, this is where I don't get mad at Simon. When the apostles came down, you see how this team worked? There's no such thing, the apostles in one group, the prophets in another group. The no, this is a teamwork. This is coaches under the leadership of Jesus Christ, training God's people for works of service. The apostles come down. They moving in the apostolic, doing their thing. And Simon says something to them. And people, yes, the apostles will rebuke them, but you got to go back for a minute. One of the greatest things that Simon had while he presented himself as some great one, he acquired a wealth of money. Because mm -hmm. the witches and warlocks 
money is the main attraction. Now, I know he wanted to pay for this, but I want you to look at it from a different perspective. The power of God was so strong, he was willing to give his money up to get some of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was willing to give his wealth to walk in that power. He said, how can I buy some of this? Now the apostles rebuked him, and you know, but he was like, no, no, see, and I understand, you know, I'm trying to speed up time. He looked at it as I wouldn't, if they would have told him, give me every dime you had, he would have gave it up because he saw a power higher than what he is. That was That's right. Him. The, the people in the world need to see the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher working hand in hand, so close, no division, no separation, that when they're looking for true power, they don't go to the e EP, what they call ESP readers. They don't go get their Ouija board. They don't read mm -hmm. their horoscope. They come to a man or woman of God and say, what is the Lord saying? I need come to on. know what is the Lord saying. Yes, Lord. Executive of major billion dollar companies will say, let's seek for a true prophet. Let's seek for a true apostle. So they work the, the and now let's go back to the evangelists. Now, here's the last point I'm going to make. The, because the evangelist got to walk in obedience, right? He has this mm -hmm. major revival going on and got the whole city in the uproar. This is the obedience of the evangelist. The Lord tells Philip, I need to take you out of here. At the peak of the revival, at the peak of thousands of people surrounding him, and he sent them to one person. One person to minister the gospel. You see, it's not about the crowd. It's who God sent you to. Come he on, the Jesus. one person and Ethiopian who reading the book of Isaiah or Isaiah, and and Philip see him and run up and said, "Do you know what what you're reading?" He said, "How can I know when there's no man here to teach me or to show me who I'm reading about? Who is the author talking about?" And Philip began to minister to him. Yes. He had a major revival that converted the city and he ministered to one person. Now, why would God send you from something? Now, it looked like he downsized, right? He didn't. He upgraded. How do I know he Ooh. upgraded? Because when he left Samaritan and went to the Ethiopian and ministered to him and baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he went back to his country. Who or what position this Ethiopian held in his company, his country of, of, of where he came from. He took the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Ethiopians. Yes, he did. So did he minister to one person or did he minister to one person who carried the gospel and saved the whole nation? He Come was on. the treasurer of, of the queen. But now he gets back and he's full, he's anointed, he has accepted Jesus Christ, and now he goes back to his own country and begins to talk about Jesus. You see, as an evangelist, never be moved with the crowd, be moved by your assignment. Yes. So the evangelists have the anointing. They can prophesy, they can flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I wish I had my other book. I can break down more clearer, uh, because I'm rushing. Um, what, what is the speaking gifts? What is the... Um, 
revelation gifts. If I twisted them a little bit, I'm sorry. I come back and break them down when I'm not doing 100 miles an hour. What is the speaking gifts? What is the revelation gift? What is the power gifts and how they all function together? The evangelist has them too, but not at the level, as I spoke before, of the prophet and apostle, not at that degree of authority. But the evangelist, now notice this, fivefold ministry, the apostles and the prophets, but the evangelist is the middle, it's the glue between the, the apostle and the prophet and the pastor and the teacher. Mm -hmm. If you move the evangelist out the way, the, you will miss the group that's supposed to come in to get saved in the church. Because the evangelist, what drives them to get saved, and the prophet and the apostle now begin their training, but the pastor is there to nurture them, to teach them. The teacher is there to teach them and to prepare them for works and service too, but the prophet is there to bring identification to their calling, and the apostle is there to release and to make sure apostolic doctrine and 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 and, and authority is operating the church. If you move the evangelist, you will always find the church is not growing because the anointing of the evangelist is not there. Mm. The, of the evangelist is not there. Therefore, we get stagnated churches because we keep focusing on just the apostle and the prophet. We skip the evangelist because we think they in-house. The, the evangelist was never called just to be stuck in-house. Come on. Assigned to those who are lost, to bring them back into the kingdom of God or back into the church so the pastor can nourish them. You know what the problem we have an elder? The people want the pastor to be the evangelist and go get the people and come in and train the people. That's not their assignment. The assignment is to send out the evangelist to go get the people, bring up in the church so the pastor can nurture them, so the teachers can teach them, so the prophet can give them directions of their calling while the apostle continue to bring government and order. Jesus. We work the pastor too hard. Come I on, sir. Say it. Number four. Number four. Let's see. Can I get this done in five minutes? Number four is the pastor. Very significant. Now, the pastor is not short in operating in the gifts of the spirit because how do you develop a sermon if you're not hearing from God? Come on. Therefore, you, you have to operate in the gifts of the spirit to be able to hear from God. He got to get download a message into his spirit, a specific message, what God is speaking to the church so he can give it to the sheep and the lambs. Notice I said sheep and lambs because everybody's not on the same level. The pastor, mm -hmm. that's why some pastors get to the church and say, I'm about to preach such and such with the Lord. Just The Holy Spirit just changed it. I'm going to go in a different direction. He is prophetically moving through the office of the pastor to speak a current prophetic word to the people of God through the format of preaching and teaching. Don't say yes. he's prophetic. 
Yes, he is. Don't say yes, he don't he operate in the gifts of the spirit. The, listen, even how do I know he operates in the power gifts? If anybody's sick among you, let him call for the who? The elders of the church that he might not know. That's it. Pray for them. So the pastoral with the group of elders operate in the healing gifts, just like the evangelist, just like um, the apostle, just like the prophet, but at a different measure. But we all working on the same team where we supposed to. Mm -hmm. So why do one try to assert authority like he's greater than the other? He just have a different assignment. He just have a different function. A prophet should be submitted to a pastor and be in the local church. He can't be out here by himself because he has no Come one on. to have an accountability to. Come on, sir. Say it. May I make all the announcement to all the prophets who are renegades, who don't believe that you're supposed to have a shepherd under you. You don't believe that you're supposed to have a pastor because the pastor is going to get in your personal life and say, prophet, something going wrong now. Uh, something's going on. Your spirit is off. You, I, I, I see you being... Uh, uh, operating in the spirit of you being vexed, you got unforgiveness in your heart, you got bitterness in the heart. Come on, let me nurture you through this pain. You've been on the field working, but you got hurt on the field. Now let me pour the oil in you and let me nurture you and let me put a bandage on you and let me heal you so you can get back up and do your assignment. None of us is an island to ourselves. Amen. Teachers anointing this soul. You know why we got misunderstanding in the body of Christ? Because people try to override the grace of the teacher. But the grace of the teacher can, can teach at a level that brings understanding, illumination, and revelation to the minds of the people. So we're not just quoting scriptures, we understand the scriptures. <sighs> He has an anointing to take you through the pages of the... Have you ever been reading your Bible and it looked like you went into the pages of the Arthur and you begin to live what it says. God, the Spirit of God begins to say, download to you like you feel like you're right there. Uh, Come you, on. You're right there. The teacher's anointing brings us into a time that we never exist and the understanding of the Word becomes crystal clear and the revelation of the word and where there's the understanding the word of God demonic spirits is broken do you know when the teacher started teaching demonic spirits of of deception and and uh delusion and 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 uh seducing spirits have to leave the house because the teacher brought understanding of the word of God Yes, thank you, Lord. That church is very powerful. We just look at them all. Oh, this is just the Sunday school teacher. No, train up a child in the way they should go. The teacher is anointed to begin to put that word in you. So when you go to class and they shoot in the classroom, the, the teacher poured the word with the parents and the child five years old said, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yes, Lord. Over me in my classroom. The fivefold is so needed. Every last, all it means the CEO of the company select whole work in what capacity, but every capacity is necessary. No one can turn their nose up at the other because if one office is is not working, we are handicapped and we are operating at a dysfunctional level. We need Amen. our we need our pastors. We need our evangelists. We need our prophets. We need our, our apostles outside the five. We need our bishops. We need our missionaries. We need them. They, they, they are essential 
to our spiritual growth. All right, sir. I I, I think I went an hour, a little bit over an hour. Uh, <laughs> I've been so fired up. I, I pray that you have me back, you know, and I slow down a little bit more. I had to run out of my office, kind of leave all my notes and stuff, my Bible. And so I just had like one sheet when I had a whole thick um, binder of my training of the fivefold. I said, well, okay, Holy Spirit, just go ahead and speak. I'm running out the office because I couldn't get a signal. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a signal in the office for the last 15 minutes. And now my phone is all the way low and it stayed on so I can share a little bit about the necessity of the fivefold ministry. So thank you so much for having me on. This Apostle Jacobs, we are, I appreciate you, sir. Sir, you can close us out in prayer. You answered all the questions I had, whether you know it or not. The Holy Ghost had his way. God preserved your phone, sir. If you could just give us a closing prayer, and, yes. and that'll be it for, for this session. All right. Well, Father, we thank you. We pray, Holy Spirit, everything I cannot articulate by speech, uh, everything that I might not say directly how you were said bring understanding, bring illumination, bring revelation to your people of God. Let them go back in Ephesians and begin to read that, that all of us is called for works of service. All of us have been given an order before the foundation of the world to come forth. We give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 want to thank you again, Apostle Jacobs. Thank you to all the listeners. Uh, for another session of Covenant Conversations. I I don't have a lot to say. God bless you. Um, I love you. And as I always in each show, uh, now unto him that is able to keep us from falling, to present us faultless for the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, I say, be the glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and never. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget to stream this New Beginnings podcast, Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon Music, Google. Go to my YouTube, New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. And we'll see you next time for another session of Covenant Conversations. God bless you, sir.